TopplessRobot.com presents... Dude, Luke, the printer's still busted, man. What the fuck? Episode 89 of the Topless Robot Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm Brooks. Dan. And I'm Alex. With Hi. us this week is uh, Mr. Miyamoto himself, uh, uh, Alex Fasciani. Uh, Hello. And uh, you may know him from such things as uh, Super Beard Bros, uh, The Dex, uh, Chiluminati Podcast. Um, I know you've uh, done some stuff with uh, MatPat. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote I wrote some game theory episodes, and uh, of course uh, uh, you uh, write for uh, Gerard and the Completionist and and stuff like that, right? Uh, yeah, I, I've written some Completionist episodes too. I, I haven't I haven't really done that much. Like ever since I uh, started writing, I I started writing Wonderling this game. Like I I sort of like haven't really been doing a lot of like writing for YouTube. It's 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 something that I I, I miss doing, but I, I haven't done it in a while. Like. Last completionist episode I wrote was probably like a year or two ago now. Uh, and MatPat, I, I, I wrote a, b- a bunch of Game Theory episodes uh, like about five years ago. Like I did a bunch of the Five Nights at Freddy's ones. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, um, I think that's actually where I first uh, s- like saw you doing stuff online was I think you like popped up on a... Uh, a Game Theory stream or something like that. It, it I just remember seeing you and I was like, hey... He's pretty funny. And then saw some of the other things, things, things that yeah. you were doing. Yeah. Well, cool. But uh, yeah, I'm it, not going to lie. I'm not all that familiar with the stuff that you do. So I'm just going to like, <laughs> <laughs> politely. It's not, it's not a prerequisite for speaking with me. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh <Yeah>. my God. <laughs> well, Brooks, I will say you would actually, uh, really get into the Chiluminati podcast. Um, yeah, it's I am very the cool. fan of that show that there is. It's so good. It's so good. Um, it's, uh, Alex and, uh, Mathis and Jesse Cox, uh, talking about, uh, you know, uh, urban legends and, uh, shit like that. Like deep diving into urban legends. Oh shit. Yeah. Like the Mothman and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love the way, uh, also how you guys kind of have your own episodes, how you guys, it's like, okay, well it's Mathis's turn to, to tell everyone about you know, this thing, or it's your, it's an Alex episode or, you know. Yeah. We realized early on that we have like very different sort of like filters, like viewpoints for uh, like how we look at that stuff, you know? And so it's fun to see like what Jesse cares about versus what I'm into versus what Mathis is into. And it, it, it gives a very good little spectrum because Mathis is basically like Fox Mulder. Yeah, you know dude. I mean? yeah. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, I don't even know who I'm like, but Jesse's much more of the Scully of the group, and I guess I'm like I don't know, Docket. That's that's fine. Yeah, that's actually you know what? That's perfect. I'm all three of the lone gunmen together. <laughs> it's it, it's rad though. It gives you like that perspective shift of like if you got a different person to record the same episode of Drunk History or something like like their take on it's going to be weird. So yeah. that's rad. I love it. Yeah. And also, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we cover is some is very adjacent to some stuff that like I think some of the worst people making content on the Internet right now are, are making videos about. Oh, and, boy. 
And I, I think that creating a podcast like ours about the stuff that it's about that has the tone that ours has, which is a lot more lighthearted and funny and uh, a lot more open-minded about stuff. I, I feel like, I feel like that's the way to go. I love, uh, you know, that, uh, like you said, uh, Mathis is absolutely the Fox Mulder. He's the true believer of, of, of the group. And then it's offset just perfectly with, uh, Jesse's like, uh, really? You sure about that? I mean, I, I, Jesse's, Jesse's great because he's not like, annoying he's not like he's not trying to be a shithead he just right. like yeah he's just like yo like that's not believable like, <laughs> <laughs> healthy skepticism yeah um i think uh my favorite of uh the uh, episodes was actually one of uh your episodes and uh i uh, texted you about this uh last week um the andrew wk episode Oh my God. Dude. So, cause I remember, and I'm sure, uh, a lot of our viewers and, and, uh, uh, everyone else will have at least at some point heard the rumor that Andrew WK was two guys or was a corporate creation. And like, you know, that there was some sort of change at a certain point where he became this other guy. And there's, that was all I had heard of it at that time was like, I hadn't even heard that before. Yeah. It, I mean, oh, it's the same sort of thing as the, like, the Avril Lavigne thing. Yes. And, oh, Avril Lavigne. Avril yeah. Lavigne. Yeah. Um, and Katy Perry. Well, Katy Perry's is more like she's JonBenet Ramsey or something, but it's. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that's that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there's so much more to that Andrew WK story than I ever thought that there was. It's such a real, like, it's the very definition of like that, like, pot smoke filled, like, <laughs> rabbit yeah, hole. Dude. Man. Yeah. Oh man, I've I've gotten into like three hour conversations with my with my roommate on like the Fermi paradox alone. I that yeah. is my room. This was like <laughs> this was like Pepe Silvia. Like this was like crazy. <laughs> like this was like I and the best part is one year to the day of us uh, releasing that episode. Uh, Andrew WK himself tweeted at us. He was like, "This is pure horseshit. Don't listen to this fucking podcast." He like linked it and shit. He's like, "Don't listen to this. This is bullshit." That's what you would say. Yeah, and, and then we like had our little back and forth with them about it. We were like, "Please come on our show. We love you. Yeah. We don't have to talk. We don't have to talk about, uh, you know, Andrew WK. Yeah. We don't have to talk about your double life." Yeah, he was. He was just. You know, he was like, they were like, "Yo, this is fucking bullshit. Don't listen to these lies." This like nonsense, and then uh, they deleted the tweet, and it was like so perfect, and uh, it was just the perfect little wink from them that they are listening. And it that's awesome. Really that's yeah, so it was awesome. Yeah, uh, I remember a few years ago, I even saw him. Uh, Andrew WK did uh, uh, "Care to Scare" or "Scare to Care," "Scare to Care," or whatever it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was, was really fun. cool. Yeah, that dude is wild. Like, uh, you know, it's a great like story is to listen to. Uh, if you could ever get Jared Rosen to tell you the story of the time that Andrew WK came on to hot pepper gaming, that is an incredible story. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Jared Rosen is the guy who is like the, one of the main dudes on hot pepper gaming and he's, he works high up in the story department at riot now uh, for league of legends and stuff. But uh, so he's not, he's not so he doesn't have as much free time. Sure. But, uh, I was man, wondering what happened to hot pepper gaming. Everybody like everybody on it. Like, uh, they all went away. Like, like Vernon went to the grumps and yep. he was like, he's been behind all the like kind of new, new media stuff that game grumps have been doing. Uh, Aaron went to Buzzfeed and Jared went to riot. Wow. 
they were all good for them, man. Like that's they were all killer before. So so that's why they were doing that there. It's funny. They actually are part of uh, uh, they uh, inspired an idea that myself and uh, a friend of mine have is a feature that we want to do for Topless Robot. Uh, because a friend of mine is a touring musician and he's on the road. God, like, well, obviously not now, but like half <laughs> of the year, you know, most yeah, of the when, time when there's not a world ending disease yeah. spreading around the country, when, when there's not a world ending disease, my friend's band snail mate is usually on the road fucking <laughs> playing. And, uh, so whenever they uh, hit the road, he collects hot sauces. Oh, and it, so we want to do a thing where we have uh bands because i've got i'm building a studio i just you know fair, i guess fairly recently bought a house and i'm building a studio in uh you know this uh, casita and um we want to have uh bands come and like try a hot sauce like a very you know strong hot sauce and then play exactly. a song immediately afterwards that's a great idea. I can barely do. I can barely play outside when it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> My right. fingers are cramping. God. You would be surprised oh. if you never played. If you've never tried to play a show in like forty degree weather outside, yep. it's actually, it's like it's like when Austin Powers lost his mojo. You're like, what? Like, yeah, dude. I can do this. It's oh, crazy. it's the yeah, it's probably the dream for me though. Like, if it's more than fifty degrees out, I'm pissed off like all the time. <laughs> no, but well, uh, seriously, here. every single I'm, yeah, I'm in Arizona, dude, it's like 110 <laughs> out right now. <laughs> every single show in uh, Wisconsin uh, starts the uh, the same way. With before the show can start, the band is on. You know, we're all on stage going. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially playing bass like. It's so bad when when your, your fingers, fingers are, are cold and cramped. Ooh, oh, it hurts so bad. It shreds them up, but it, you know, whatever. It's all good. I just like it's just weird because they'll play like a, a nighttime outside show in LA because it's like perfect weather all the time, and then like it'll dip to like forty eight degrees, and you're like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> see, like prior to every show, you guys should. You guys just got to get those like hand preservation units, like the dude from Zoolander, and just don't take don't take them off until it's time to start playing. Like, <laughs> I have on my writer that we needed at least one gross worth of mink to just yeah over our body. We like to make gloves ourselves. We like to. Uh, that's what we do as a pre-show ritual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ourselves a nice pair of mink gloves. Whatever animals we hit on the way, like all the roadkill we make when we're on the touring van, we just pick it up, make some gloves, cool, good to go. <laughs> Yeah, we, we want two pounds of your comfiest vermin. <laughs> Ooh, Give me you your comfiest vermin, please. <laughs> Neiman Marcus uh, Billy Clubs that go with each purchase. You know? Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'll settle for no less than bloodstained skunk, please. <laughs> skunk Clubs is probably comfy. Probably good, probably good vibes. I've been playing a lot of Red Dead. You know, I'll put a lot of dead animals on my body. <laughs> So um, we should uh, touch on uh, some uh, uh, nerd news that uh, happened this week. Uh, We learned the extremely surprising news. uh, Incredibly surprising. I don't think anyone saw it coming that Sonic the Hedgehog uh, is actually getting a sequel. Um, I for one. No, with the grand success that it was, uh, I don't think any of us saw it coming. How much money did it actually make? That's a good question, but uh, I'm sure... At this point, it is slated to be the biggest movie of 2020. 
Yeah, well, that was that was pretty simple. <laughs> oh man, Oscar season. Oscar oh season. wow, it made like two hundred million dollars. Oh wow. shit! It, that's, that's after. That's after. Like it cost like ninety five million, and it was like a three hundred three hundred million dollar uh, gross. Holy shit, man! Did you I mean that's like not that good? But like, I mean, this year it's like the best. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Did you go and see it? I I have not seen it yet. I I wanted to go see it, but my last movie that I saw before the world ended was uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, oh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, did a little uh, topless robot uh, uh, excursion and went to Alamo and drank and watched <laughs> Sonic, Sonic Hedgehog. Edge. Yeah, and that is the that is the only reason I saw that movie. I. Like I generally don't watch many movies and they made me do that. Like I, I showed up before they did. I like pounded three drinks at the bar. And then the moment the movie's about to start, like I order a shot in a beard, take the shot. The moment the intro sequence starts, I just turn to them and go, all right, here we go. I feel like that's uh, a good movie. I think I feel like that's a good movie for that. Right. Yeah. Sonic, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog was just like, sort of like a nothing movie. Right. Just kind of funny. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It, no, if, if I had been sober, I would have been way less willing to put up with it. Yeah, but I mean, look, I, Ben Schwartz. I love Ben Schwartz. I've been going to see him do comedy, like ever since before. Since he before he got too famous to do it every week, like he used to. Like I used to go see him every Sunday for like two years. God damn! Like those those guys down there at UCB, like back in the day, that was some good shit. Uh, those guys were super inspiring to me. So I always I always go see stuff that that Ben Schwartz did. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, I really recommend uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz on Netflix. I have like heard good episode. things about it. Yeah. They recently um, did a guest grumps uh, in uh, promotion of that. Yeah, it's super weird because, uh, it, you know, improv is something that I have done in my background for longer even than I've been doing this. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it's it's funny to see people come out on stage and be like, this is comedy without a script that we're going to be making up right in front of you. Like as if, <laughs> as if the concept yes, is, and <laughs> it's just, it's just interesting that, that, you know, a major stand-up special that's not written jokes still needs to be like introduced in that way. Yeah, it's really right. just like a very high production value version of shows that I used to go see for five bucks on a Sunday night with a, with a tall boy in my lap. That's awesome. You know I mean? And you already know, like in spite of saying that there's going to be a bunch of people like, no, these jokes are scripted, man. They're fucking scripted. <laughs> there's always someone out there who believes that no matter what, yeah. like there's, there's no, no real improv exists. Every joke is scripted. Right. Nobody could possibly be confident in themselves when they're talking in front of people. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. So how could anyone else be? How could they do that? How yeah. could they do that? Know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. And very well. Uh, I, 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 I think that people, anyone should take an improv class, like a 101 class. If you have access to it and you're like, should I? You should. We've been uh, wanting to uh, get the the whole uh, uh, Tapas Robot uh, podcast uh, group into a uh, an improv class real bad. I live even- with it with an improv guy. Yeah. Uh, and it's always fun around here. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's. I mean, honestly, like it, just a one on one class for anybody. It like talking to people, job interview, like just feeling more at ease in public, mm-hmm. like. Being just being more okay with the possibility that you might fail if you put yourself out there and 
you know, starting to get the perspective on how unimportant that that worry is. <laughs> like, I, I feel like those are really good things for. I wish that you had to take an improv class before you could have a Twitter. <laughs> can you imagine president trump in an improv class <laughs> i i know exactly what he would be like in an improv class <laughs> have you guys seen michael scarn no. that would be him that's mm. what michael scott's like super secret agent character is, is oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, okay and he does when he does there and he just pulls a gun on everybody in every scene yes yes <laughs> so that he can control the whole scene <laughs> there's even like there's like certain board games that uh, having improv knowledge, like even that makes them way more entertaining. You ever heard of uh, I Dark Overlord? Uh, I've never played it, but I have heard of it. Yeah, it's great. Like every, everyone, it's all freeform speaking for the most part. And it's all about everyone except for one person is playing minions. And the mission went horribly wrong. And one player is like your overlord and you're reporting to him. And I the whole that. game as the minions is about deflecting the responsibility onto someone else so they can take the blame and die for you. So like it, it's all talking. You're all bullshitting each other the entire time. It's, it's great. Like, yeah, I, I was from a, an improv theater called comedy sports, uh, which is like uh, super squeaky clean, like very like family oriented for like people mm-hmm. to come, come watch. It was formatted a lot more similarly to, uh, uh, whose line is it anyway? Okay. You know, in terms of like, you have like a host and in our case it was comedy sports. So he was like the ref and there were like two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like basically what our job was, was just being really fucking good at party games. Like any game that you're going to do where you're in like a, like you write celebrities names on pieces of paper and put them in a hat or anything like that. That is like the actual, <laughs> that's the height of, <laughs> Until Middle Ditch and Swartz came out on Netflix, that was the height of where you could show off being an improv guy. So uh, what I'm hearing is that you're particularly good at the Jackbox games. I actually hate Jackbox now. <laughs> because now when I when it, what happens, like most of the time when I play Jackbox now, it's like, let's stream and like we didn't plan anything. So let's play Jackbox three again. And so we do it and uh, I lose because somebody else wrote like perfect dicks. Or like some, yeah, like, some yeah. catchphrase that I said like eight years ago, uh, I, I lose to them in the in the in the chat. So now I'm now I'm I'm out on it. But I yeah. do love playing games like that in person. Yeah, yeah I, 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 love, gotta, uh, I love this game. Uh, what's this thing called? The fucking Ellen game? Oh, I don't remember. Shit. Oh, uh, oh yeah. yeah. We used um, to do that with post-it notes at this coffee shop I hung out with like forever ago. And then now it's like, oh, this headband's now cool. I know at least one time in Quentin Tarantino's Nazi Germany when they did that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jesus. <laughs> so I, I got to know, just despite like your, you transitioned into not enjoying Jackbox anymore. Did you ever uh, play the game where you have to like create your own product and give a sales pitch on it? Oh yeah. Cause that, uh, that's, that's the best I one. I feel like you would crush that. I love all the I love all the Jackbox games. I love playing them like with my friends. I just never get to like I love my favorite one of all of them is the fucking robot one, the rapping robots. That's oh yeah, favorite. yeah. So uh, since obviously with the pandemic and everything, we've uh, had to close the bar and we're keeping the bar closed until we can like actually <laughs> you know have people Smart. in and be yes. safe. Uh, Smart. So we're uh, we've started streaming on uh, uh, the grids. Uh, socials to uh, and doing jackbox games uh where because you know we had a jackbox night uh you know um 
before and now so we'll do a, a discord room full of uh uh regulars and staff members and stuff and we'll stream and then usually there will be like one or two open spots and we'll let some some viewers in as well and uh we uh had just such an amazing run of that wrapping uh the wrapping robots one uh last yeah. night it was just so so good um, people are horrible like disgusting hilarious comedians in private yeah i love it yeah the shit that comes out of people's mouths in jackbox they're like double cum burger you're like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Christ, grandma what the hell and it, it, like some of the viewers like they're people that we we had no idea and honestly and some of the people who are uh tuning in are people who aren't local who have never heard of the grid who are just joining in anyway and just, play some jackbox, just yeah. fucking killing it too like having making references to us in the same way that we would make references to each other in you know this friend group you know for for inside joke comedy points and catching on right away and being right on top of it and 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 dropping some of the most surprising answers that's what that mean like jackbox really is just like improv exercises but made doable through your cell phone yeah and honestly like the fact that it emboldens people and that 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 voice of your own self that you fall in love with that makes you want to play Jackbox more and more to make your friends laugh more and more. Mm-hmm. Like that can just be you. That can, that can yeah, just right? be the guy that you are all the time. Yeah. You don't have to just wait for the opportunity to strike, you know? Yeah. 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 We, uh, I mean, did a that's st- what always ends up happening to me at this point, right? Like every time I play and we have like anonymous names, you guys always pinpoint me in the crowd immediately. Yeah. Uh, making all <laughs> of the saddest jokes. It's like, Oh, there's Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was fucking what, what great. Was the, what was the one? It was uh, like, what's your what's your favorite thing to eat for breakfast? And I wrote a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we went, yeah, that's Dan. <laughs> there he is. Hello, Ray Sunshine. And uh, fucking one of the funniest moments last week, uh, we were playing and we were playing Drawful and it was kind of like getting towards the end of the stream. And, uh, all, you know, anytime that it kind of quieted down, we just hear. Someone like just someone yeah mic. so uh, our friend Devin had fallen asleep uh during the game so just like any pauses in conversation you just all of a sudden you hear that breathing then all of a sudden every single answer became wake up Devin or you know what yeah I've you know I you know it's funny like I have a lot of experience with my co-host falling asleep uh, in real time while I'm recording. <laughs> yeah. I've, I have heard some of those I've I've heard Stevie Gerard many times. <laughs> Oh man, that's fucking great. Um, other things that uh, uh, came out uh, or news that came out this week: uh, HBO Max has uh, finally launched. And uh, has anyone uh, taken a look at uh, some of the HBO Hell Max yes. offerings yet? Hell yes, no, I have. I'm I'm gonna wait until all of the Adventure Time stuff comes out and then burn up that free trial, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, it's fucking f- the entirety of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is on there, so I hit that oh, up immediately. Um, I'm going to watch the whole that episode so I can cry again. Yeah, right. Uh, That's a rough one. The uh, A show that I had been wanting to watch for so long but didn't have the opportunity to uh, was uh, a Cartoon Network show called Infinity Train because it looked so rad. Oh, yeah. And so all 10 episodes of that are on there, and it's great. 
It's so good. Um, yeah. I love those high concept cartoons. Yeah, so do oh, I. Man. When executed, you know, well, and I think that one was executed just beautifully. Super, Did super. Did you watch well. uh, Midnight Gospel on Netflix? I have seen some of that. Yeah, um, that, is, that is some real next level shit. Yeah, they're really, really bumping up the the uh, raising the bar for what's basically a podcast. Like, yeah, I mean, it is literally episodes of duncan trussell's podcast oh is it seriously anime. yeah yeah like uh that dude is his podcast is one of the most like enlightening like interesting podcasts you'll ever get because he's just one of those guys who like he can talk to anyone mm-hmm. i don't know some people just have that power where like anybody will speak to you candidly and like freely because he's like trying to just be there present and he's he's talking to the last episode of the season, and I, you know, this isn't really a spoiler. I yeah, mean, it's right. It's not a plot. It's not a plot based show. Uh, but the, the last episode of the season is an animated version of a podcast that he did with his own mother a couple of weeks before she died of cancer. Holy oh, shit! Shit! And wow. it's about and it's about death and like it's it's a it's fucking like heavy and the and the and the conceit of the show is that he's jumping into a different universe that's on the verge of apocalypse every episode and just talking to somebody there. Cause he's like an influencer in the multiverse or something. Mm, that's intense, um, man. And so yeah, he's interviewing all these different people yeah. and man, it's crazy. Yeah. I Isn't watched the, the first. Ward, what was it? Oh, I was saying it is uh, Pendleton Ward's, uh, uh, did the animation for that. Right. Pendleton Ward, like sort of like, like was the basically how, when he started with adventure time, He's in uh, that same sort of like showrunner capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's about 150 animators at Titmouse that are that are like doing all the animation, and he's like working with them and leading them. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I watched the first episode, uh, which is uh, Doctor Drew, uh, yeah. and uh, just and I didn't know what the fuck I was what it was going into it so it was it really threw me off because it was kind of like oh hey Pendleton Ward's new thing everyone check out Pendleton Ward's new thing and I see my friends posting about it but no one's getting like really in depth on what it is they just think that it's really cool and so I fire it up and they turn it off and it feels scripted at first it feels like a scripted animated you know thing at first and then I'm like wait what is going on this what the fuck and it's did the really perfect, cool, yeah. the perfect level of what the fuck. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't mean to derail, like to get back to HBO max, I crushed all three episodes of the not too late show with Elmo. And that shit <laughs> is fire. I'm not I, joking. I haven't like, uh, dived into their originals yet, but uh, it's, it's definitely something I want to check out. They, uh, so, okay. I, I, I love the Muppets. Uh, and so yeah. I, I was really excited about the idea of a late night show with Elmo and with Cookie Monster as the like Ed McMahon type character. <laughs> uh, it's great, uh, but obviously it's for kids, uh, like Sesame Street age kids. So it's very simple, but like it's funny. Uh, later in the season, I know that Batman is coming on as a guest, which That's I'm excited awesome. about. <laughs> and uh, yeah. every every episode, there's a musical guest, and it's like they had Lil Nas X. They had uh, the Jonas Brothers. I forget who the last person was. It was a country Death singer. Grips. What? Death Grips. Death Grips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they uh, they have them sing like kids songs. So they did like the Brush Your Teeth song with the Jonas Brothers. 
and uh, Lil Nas X uh, sang the Elmo's World song. La 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 la. That one. Yeah. It's, That's awesome. And uh, whoever that country singer was was Rubber Ducky, but it's great. It's a great <laughs> little situation. Yeah, I need to check that out. Um, I also wanted to check out the Anna Kendrick one just because I love Anna Kendrick and I end up watching everything that she does. Um, even though it may not be necessarily for me, like I made the mistake of watching the Christmas movie that Anna Kendrick did on Disney Plus. That was a Disney Ooh. Plus exclusive. Oh, with the wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 Those people cannot have liked each other in real life. That was that, so weird. Yeah. That oh, was God, a that, that was a Scottsdale, Arizona commercial, and it was yeah. weird and not great. I'm sure someone loved it, but yeah, I, of, uh, I mean, weird celebrity stuff like that. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I'm good. Oh, I I, I found this like weird uh, like Architectural Digest has this show on Hulu. I wasn't even looking for it. Where it's it's like a bunch of celebrities' houses and stuff, and them just giving tours. It's like the more adult, refined version of Cribs because I'm into like, it. There's cool stuff, but it's like, oh, I really like those sconces. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's not Cribs, it's abodes. Yeah, abodes. if you're if you're not if you're too self conscious to like get real about how much you love Animal Crossing, like it's like a perfect little <laughs> <laughs> gateway drug. <laughs> yeah like uh it, it was it, the, the john stamos episode was probably the most disappointing because i was just like fuck yeah uncle jesse here we go and then it was just like his like wife butting in a bunch because she wanted to be on tv yeah, yeah it, was, it. It, was, it was terrible it was terrible you love to see it it's yeah, probably, um, i mean it must be rough being married to john stamos he's like yeah, a right. beautiful man yeah even still <laughs> Driven to bat when you live in the shadow. <laughs> I'll never be as pretty as my husband. <laughs> shadow of the stand losses. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, speaking of, uh, isn't someone doing an actual like Animal Crossing version of that with celebrities? Like going because since so many celebrities have been playing Animal Crossing, like isn't someone doing a? So Gary Witta, yeah. So Gary Witta has a show. Uh, Gary Witta is just like a comic book writer and he's done some writing like in Star Wars. Uh, I think he has a couple books that he's written, but he's like this like very like delightful little British guy. And he has a show called Animal Talking and it's a full on like late night talk show that's just done completely on Twitch within his Animal Crossing house, which has been converted into his late night set. <laughs> and he's had he's had Sting on. He's had Elijah Jesus Wood Christ. on. He's Jesus. had all these top tier celebrities that are coming on just to because they have animal crossing that's awesome like it's great like they come in like danny trejo came on that's awesome i saw this is danny like, trejo this is like, like you would never expect to happen right i mean yeah, right. the reason it happened is because of the pandemic like, otherwise <laughs> that show never would have fucking happened yep yeah i was yeah. quite surprised about the pandemic itself as well yeah yeah <laughs> true good. Yeah. yeah very true <laughs> Um, I love yeah, uh, how creative people have been getting in that. Like uh, uh, X Water's been doing uh, Deal or No Deal within Animal Crossing with other uh, uh, streamers, um, and uh, I know a bunch of uh, uh, like Mario Maker players, like Grand Pooh Bear and, and people like that, uh, just did just wrapped up a uh, full Survivor thing in, oh, in animal crossing like it went on for weeks each episode is like an hour long and there's that. betrayal there are camera confessions there's alliances it's fucking great 
That's awesome. People the are getting I've seen, crazy. The best thing I've seen is Grimecraft. Oh, really? Uh, it, Grimecraft put like green screens in his Animal Crossing. House, oh my god! And he made like a DJ booth. And I don't know if you know his background, but he's like a graphics artist. He like used to work on AAA games, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. so he makes all his own visualizers and stuff. And he like puts them into the Animal Crossing house on Twitch and like keys out his parts of his house and there's like if you're like super cool you can get to go to the show and like be in the house while it's happening but he streams them all on twitch that's it's rad lit. it's lit like what a creative idea that's wild right? I love yeah. That. yeah yeah people are yeah. really taking like honestly what is i mean really kind of actually in the genre pretty restrictive game like it's not nearly as uh open up as as other similar titles but they are getting crazy crazy creative uh with, with animal crossing yeah yeah from, um, des- from, from desperation to determination yeah television will be on the switch now forever <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh, hey yeah. i've watched some of those uh shows on on my tv and animal crossing and uh uh not a lot of content but lots of lots of uh flashy uh pictures and lights and uh it's uh you know maybe if you want to catch a, a mock ultraman uh rerun or something like that it's, yeah. it's a good place for that <laughs> rockstar rockstar is the company that's got the good fake yeah right good lord the freaking show in Red Dead, and look, I keep coming back to Red Dead. Let's be honest. I've been playing it for two years. Uh, the uh, the part where you can like go watch like live stage shows and stuff, it's crazy. It's they're like an hour. It's it's yeah. crazy. Rockstar's attention to detail is stupid. Like it's it's always been so fucking good. Like I could sit and listen to in uh, the GTA series. Who's the the? I mean, the radio DJ that everyone loves. Laszlo, dude. I could He's listen to Laszlo forever. Like I yeah. can just sit, you know. Oh, yeah, I want to play some GTA right now. Uh, they should replace just Kevin park. and Bean with Laszlo. Yeah, right. And didn't GTA Online even have like a little movie theater you could go inside of, and they had like custom animations that would play? You could actually just sit in the theater and watch that shit. Like you could go watch <laughs> Ricky Gervais in GTA Four. Oh, you that's watch, right. Like, I forgot about Matt that. Williams had a set in there. Uh, Ricky Gervais had a set. You could just go watch them in GTA form. Do like a like a. 30 minute set that's not that's so good so good but anyway yeah hbo max is uh (laughs) yeah um i am stoked (laughs) to see (laughs) i'm stoked to see what uh they add to hbo max i'm kind of disappointed because it was supposed to be um like obviously it's a marriage of hbo and a bunch of other uh, content owners. Um, but uh, DC being one of those, my understanding was that DC Universe a- at large would essentially yeah. be in HBO Max. But Swamp Thing is not there. And no. I know a lot of other titles aren't there either. Harley Quinn isn't there either. Yeah. Uh, it's it's weird. And that's one of the things I was going to say is like, there's no 4K. There's no UHD right now. There's no... Uh, like it's There's like weird things like... I feel like a big part of these these platforms right now is like what like timeless classics can I get my hands on by paying for this? And with Disney Plus, they have all these great things. They have Star Wars, they have all the Avengers movies, they have all these things. Uh, you know, the moon spinners. Yeah, Ooh, good old moon spinners. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Netflix has the movies it has. Next, Netflix used to have like Star Trek, all this good stuff. Doctor Who was on Netflix. Now HBO Max has Doctor Who. They have a deal with Warner Brothers. They like Justice League is already on the like better watch it before it's gone like list. Yeah, for some reason, some other ju- like all the other like 
the Nolan Batmans aren't on there. Like all these things that should be on there aren't on there. Uh, like, uh, like all of the Lord of the Rings and all of the Hobbits are on there, except for the def- Desolation of Smog isn't on there. And, and I think a lot of that is because they they weren't ready to go with a lot of these contracts that they're negotiating in the same way that Disney Plus wasn't. And so what they tried to do to make it happen faster was they supplemented their movies uh, that they have for their streaming platform with the movies they already had contracts for on HBO Go or yeah, HBO, HBO Now. Whatever the movies are that they show on HBO in rotation. And so there's all these movies that are on there that you're like, but that's our, like, I want to watch that. And it's gone. I like, why am I like excited for like, finally I can watch your highness (laughs) (laughs) or the scent of a woman. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like there's there's a bunch of movies. There's a bunch of movies on there that are good, but there's like for people who are like really trying to get at specific stuff, there's a lot missing from HBO max that should be there. Yeah. And I think it's worth getting if you don't have that much, uh, streaming streaming stuff already yeah the the um i think they fucked up in that uh, they like the nolan batmans they said they were going to be available at launch right but they still are under contract for exclusivity on other streaming services so that was a lie like i understand the whole like it'll be on our platform it kind of like what disney plus did and like they had the titles there and they even said like this is going to be available on our platform on this date and uh, like that makes sense to me i understand that this is all you know due to contracts and licensing and, and shit like that but with hbo max you made you know they make the mistake of saying this is going to be available at launch this is going to be available at launch and like going down this list knowing like there's no way that they could actually think that like okay we're we'll for sure have the license by by then totally absolutely like you don't announce that until it's a done deal yeah it's i mean i think a lot of it is pettiness too i think a lot of them like I'm sure they love to trick each other into announcing things that aren't true. I'm sure they love to do, <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff like that. And I, I think, I think that's what's going on. I think it's just this sort of like, like you shouldn't even bother saying that you have the rights to a movie. If it's not going to be on your platform for two years. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. crazy. Like you're like, yeah, we can watch, uh, you know, guardians of the galaxy or whatever. I don't know which, which ones are missing off of there, but it's like some weird ass movies are missing off of there. Like a certain star Wars movies are missing or something like that. And yeah. it's like, I mean, we'll get them, but it'll be in two years. So yeah, set, hey, hey now, set your your uh, watches. You'll be watching yeah. this movie in two years, or you could go you over to this other streaming service and watch it tomorrow. Yeah. You can be just like our good friend Tyler, who couldn't make it here today, and in advance pay for three years of Disney Plus before the platform <laughs> even drops. Yeah, <laughs> he did the three year Disney Plus thing. Does he love uh, <clears throat> the classic animated films of Disney? Oh yes, yeah. I assume yeah. so. Then maybe he's just you know I get I get why people do it. I still think you should buy stuff that you like. Yes, I, you know I, agree. I, I think like streaming services are great, and I you know what would be a great product is like an app that like you tell it all right I want to pay fifteen dollars a month or I want to pay twenty dollars a month or ten dollars a month, and then it's like all right how do you want to split that up? Like you can get Netflix and Hulu for this month, and you can you know every month they're like hey you're it's a month you got to choose which ones you get to watch. And then you just switch around because I feel like that's better because otherwise the thing that people are getting you like to pay, getting you to pay for is like the real valuable thing that they're getting you to pay for is watching nothing. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and, but I, I feel like something like that would require some level of cooperation between all of these streaming services, and there's no fucking way that's going to happen. Yeah, right. Or, you know, uh, it would require um, uh, some diligent programmer to write some way of being the central hub for managing billing for multiple things, which would violate the terms of service for every one of those services. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice to want things. <laughs> um, I agree. The uh, uh, other news, uh, which I'm uh, pretty stoked on, is uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles has a date. August yeah, 27th, I, I, the uh, Crystal Chronicles remaster. That is not a game I would have expected to get a remaster for. But it's a fucking good game. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. It is coming out on... Uh, Pretty much everything, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, but Is yeah, it a remaster yeah, or a remaster. It's a remaster. It's like, oh, it's right. like a, it's like redone, and obviously they done a huge amount on the back end for networking. Yeah, because like the original wasn't even online, and this one is like fully online, and you don't have to like weirdly attach your game boy to your gamecube to <laughs> man i loved that feature that was like with tingle and wind waker and uh the best use of it ever is in pac-man versus when uh you uh pac-man plays on uh the attached game boy advance sees a classic pac-man screen and then the other three controllers are ghosts and the TV screen is separated into a small area around each ghost, so they can only see so far around them. And that versus setup is awesome. It's like the best party game. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. I never got to experience any of that kind of stuff. Like, I'd, I'd heard that it existed, but I never had any of the peripherals or, like, other people who had Game Boys. Yeah. <laughs> It was something I loved as a kid that now as somebody who has to like try and record shit into an into like a capture device and have like four working Game Boys and four of those cables <laughs> for 20 years. It's yeah. like a pain in the ass. But I, I loved it as like a thing I could imagine myself doing with my friends once or twice before I never did it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> you guys want to play Pac-Man versus? No, no. We don't. <laughs> they did release it in uh, it's part of the Namco uh, Museum uh, on Switch. And then there's specifically a free download of Pac-Man versus uh, for the other players who are playing uh, ghosts or for the other player who's playing Pac-Man or whatever. Like basically in order to play it multiplayer, like your friends don't have to buy it. Yeah, they have. There's like a free version. Yeah. Which is like so sick. Um, but yeah, Crystal Chronicles, I remember when that came out and uh, it felt weird because my experience with the Final Fantasy series was largely like the mainline Final Fantasy series games. And so Crystal Chronicles, I'm like, OK, you're going to make me babysit this thing everywhere that I go. That sounds tedious. And so I never really ended up getting too into it, but I feel like I need to revisit it. Yeah, and it's so like if you're actually playing with people regularly and you're like progressing through the game, it is some good times. Yeah, <laughs> it is right. not a game that I would like recommend playing by yourself. Like no. you could, but it's just not as fun that way like at Monster all. Monster Hunter, it's like don't do that. Like you, like, yeah, absolutely, you're missing the point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I I don't I think Monster I ever Hunter played with anyone. 
Yeah. Playing Monster Hunter by yourself is like something that you do in moments of weakness when you, <laughs> you like really need that ruby and you're going to go kill like 30 <laughs> Rathalos and you don't want to tell anybody that you're doing it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or, or you do the, the even more cursed thing of uh, risking randos online somewhere and seeing how that goes. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It, it never goes well, especially because if you or something, I don't know what they're going to yeah, do. If you play on PC, they all have like uh, like mods installed, especially like uh, like damage parsers. So there's a bunch of like salty bastards online who, if you're not like doing the exact amount of damage they think you should be, they just spam it in the chat and like call you a piece of shit. Jesus like, cool. Christ! That, that's what Monster Hunter is about. Big numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a why sense I, of community. I I hate I hate playing games online unless it's like specifically with friends. Like Dan and I will play uh, uh, Risk of Rain two, and I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, but if I were to have to play that game with anyone I didn't know, no thanks, man. Depends. It, it really like it's really it's really like subtle design choices that uh, are going to like ch- like sort of like define your experience online right like nintendo everybody gives them crap for the way they do online but the way they do it makes it a lot easier to play with strangers online than yes it normally is on other games and <clears throat> like honestly like if you look at what their goal is they're achieving it you yeah know i mean people who interact with it you know they're asking for just like that open that open sort of like user is is the one who knows what's good for them type mentality but you know, whatever, like multiplayer online games is, 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 uh, it's like the anxiety of meeting somebody that you don't know, but like even in an imaginary world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that person you don't know, uh, might just, you know, rage out and, uh, start calling you shitty things if you. Maybe be talking to a racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are most likely talking to a racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I, I I constantly hear heinous things online. It's ridiculous. Like you, you'd think eventually I'd be uh, completely desensitized to it, but every time people start dropping certain words, I'm just like, oh fuck, dude, you gotta you gotta stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, the internet and the world. It's uh, it's rough, man. Playing like I again, I'll play Smite all the time with Tyler, and people will get incredibly salty, like with any MOBA. And uh, I don't think there's a single match I've played where if someone gets salty, they don't throw around some kind of slur. Like it's guaranteed. Ugh. I don't know why. I don't know why that's the go-to. Like just call me a fucking idiot. Like I'm okay with that, and we can move on. <laughs> I think it's just because it's an institutional problem in our in our society. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's real. Like we we keep running into it and and uh it's it's it sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I suppose uh now is uh, as good a time as any to uh bring up uh the elephant in the country. Uh uh-huh. the uh I mean, riots are going on in pretty much every single city right now. Um and it's been insane it's been incredible uh and uh, it's been uh i think a long time coming um and i have seen so many um just hot takes on it that really you know it, it's uh, i've seen people i thought i knew post takes on it that just did disappoint me 
And, yeah. uh, you know, like the, well, uh, you had me until you started looting, you know, and, and things like that. And it's like, yeah, you, you don't get to say how people are going to protest the, you know, and I it's know a, it's a complicated issue. It sucks. Like as a business owner, it sucks, you know, to, uh, I, I can't imagine if someone like, uh, looted, uh, the grid and, and uh, the grid got damaged and, and things like that. But the more I think about it, it's like, this is so much bigger than that. And, uh, it's not my place to say, look, uh, don't, um, express yourself in this way. And in a lot of ways, they're not. There's so many peaceful protests going on that are organized by Black, Life, Black Lives Matter leadership and, and things like that. And then provocateurs are coming in or people or opportunists like Jake Paul are coming in and, right. and taking advantage of uh, an unstable situation just because they're they're idiots and they want to go and, and trash shit. You know, they're, they're the people who are trashing shit for the sake of trashing shit as opposed to trying to get a message across. And well, the thing, the thing that needs to be at the forefront of all this, right? Like thing that like, really is important to call out as the main issue at hand, right? It's not about looting. It's not about anything really that's happening today. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is all, tough to deal with for everybody and everybody feels a certain way and there's going to be a million subtle impossible arguments to have with a million people about what's the right thing to do and what's not the right thing to do when it comes to how do you uh, like disobey like civil rules right yeah. like that's it's a sticky info but the, it's it's a, st it's a sticky situation but the thing to keep in mind right is that this 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 protest is all about black people and the way that not just police treat them but how this entire society has has formed uh, around treating them and you know the the bottom line is that the change needs to happen black lives matter and that you know we can't be complacent in a system that allows this type of treatment to happen you know what i mean there is a very famous uh activist who is famous for doing an experiment called the blue eyes brown eyes uh experiment uh that was about splitting kids up based on their eye color to show them what oppression sounds to feels like and to show how systematic it is where the kids that were being oppressed started doing worse in school and stuff like that because mm -hmm. they were told they were dumber you know what i mean yeah yeah it's just like uh like the the prison experiments they do right where they it's like a fake prison certain people Very are designated prisoners or there are designated guards and the guards almost universally start abusing the prisoners even though they all know it's an experiment yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's, and it's very similar to that. And, uh, so there's this woman, Jane Elliott, and she had a quote, uh, that I saw, I, I retweeted it. It was about this. It, she was, she was sort of like giving a, a speech, uh, to an audience that she was talking about. And it was a speech, uh, to a completely white audience. And, and, and this is people who are in college, who are liberal, who are, you know, very woke people. And she's saying to them, Hey, like, all right, so let me just ask you a question, like raise your hand if you want to be treated the same way that a black person is in America and nobody raised their hand. And she said, oh, maybe you didn't understand my question. I said, how many of you out there would like to be treated in the same way that black people are treated in America? And nobody raised their hand again. And she said, well, none of you are raising your hands, which proves to me 
that you all understand what's wrong here and you all understand innately like at your core that some something is wrong that there's an unjust inequality happening here uh so from that from that realization right how how big of a leap is it to ask you why you would be fine with those things that you don't want happening to yourself happening to somebody else is it easy for you to forget those things you know what i mean and it is easy because mm-hmm. that's the whole that's the whole thing about privilege but i think right now as uh, you know a talking heads of like four white dudes in a, on the internet with beards talking <laughs> about it. you know we need to be really careful to make sure that like what we're what we're talking about you know has to do with the way that you know black people are treated in this country and as white people you know there's a thing called the ring theory that's all about like how you should treat people when they want help. And in a, in a personal situation, you know, it's all about deciding who the person is at the center of the problem. Like say somebody's dying of bone cancer, right? And you're like, okay, the person at that center of that circle is the person who's dying of bone cancer. And, and then you go out from the middle of the circle, looking at different rings of like relation to the person in the center right so you look at oh like the family the parents maybe they're like one ring out from the person with the cancer and then from there it's like work like friends and you know people that you know uh who maybe aren't related to you and one from that is people who know you from work and out from there is you know people who heard about you or distant family and the, the the thing that you need to remember is as somebody who's not black, especially, right? Like we're all not black. And that's the key here is, is, is uh, like looking in to the center of the circle at the people who really need help and making sure that everything that you're doing as a person is when you're looking, when you're, when you're going from outside to in on the circle, even if it's not directly to black people, maybe if it's other people of color who are mistreated by the police and who are mistreated in this country, you know, everything that you need to do as somebody who wants to help needs to actually be help. You don't want to be telling people how hard it must be for them. You don't want to make people, you don't want to tell people like, oh man, this is really hard for me to see this. It's not about you. It's Mm -hmm. about the people in the center of the circle. And you need to make sure all your care and genuine help, what can you do to help goes into the center of the circle and all your emotional dumping and bullshit and crap go towards the outside of the circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, And that's really what you need to do. You know what I mean? And so I, I sent, I sent you guys a link. Yeah. Uh, earlier about stuff that that if you really want to get involved here is some stuff that you can do that's actually genuinely helpful instead of getting stuck in a conversation right now on twitter with a bunch of strangers about whether or not specific businesses deserve to be looted or not of course no business deserves to be looted especially if it's you know somebody you love somebody who's an immigrant somebody who's black themselves you know somebody who's a pillar of their community of course they don't deserve to get their place looted but you know, when you're in a situation where you're pushing somebody so far past the point where any human should be pushed to live every day, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. imagine your house, your business was on fire every day. Imagine, you know, you could fuck up and talking to somebody and they'll shoot you. And that's a real thing you need to think about every day. Yeah. You know, like that's the real shit right now. So, and I mean, when, is, when yeah. I think about it from from the that position of, of a business owner and, and, and things like that, my, you know, of course, obviously, I don't want that shit ha- to happen to me, but it's I can't at all put any, you know, value in property over a human life. Like, that's it. That's it. You know, like it's simple. Yeah, th- it's as simple as that. 
And it, it's it's just not, you know, it, it's also not my place to say, look, you can protest this way, but don't protest this way because it really diminishes your message. Man, Which it's like the a- most condescending bullshit just this, be an ally. And it goes back to like what we were talking about before. Don't be a dick. Fucking be yes. an ally. And if you want to be an ally, there are ways that you can do that. And uh, that website that Alex was talking about is blacklivesmatters.carrd.co. And it really is a great comprehensive list of resources for ways that you can actually be a good ally. And, it, yeah. you know, if it's as simple as, you know, uh, Working within your community, organizing with your community, if you're being hit by by uh, protests and and uh, things get violent and, and dirty, help clean up your neighborhoods. Do It's what Edward James almost did in the wake of the Rodney, uh, the Rodney King uh, riots. Uh, he gathered it up a group of people and helped clean the neighborhoods. It, it's, it can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as fucking calling a politician and making your voice heard in that way. And and it can Ask. be even as simple as like if you really want to be awesome fucking take advantage of your white privilege and if you see something get heated stand in front of a black person stand between a black person and a cop i've seen yeah. that happen and if you're out there on the streets like don't be a white person who's you know not even in the front lines throwing bullshit at the cops over a crowd of black people who are going to get their ass beat. You don't yeah. want you like, like you need to realize where you are and what you're doing and you need to ask people how to help and you need to be committed to, to really helping, you know, don't get wasted before you go out. Yeah. Don't wear your, don't this isn't a fucking cool party. Outfit. Yeah. You know? This isn't, this isn't the like buy a pink pussy hat and go out and walk around and wave at everybody that you see that, you know, yeah. this is the real deal. And I'm not saying that other protests aren't real, but this is something that is, this is something that is so much like so much about the way that the government tries to control us has to do with making us accept worse and worse situations for ourselves. And we really can't lose sight of the thing that's really important here, which is that black people need to be treated better Ooh. by the police and by the rest of the people in this country. And that's and that's real deal serious biz. And I I, I don't know. I I, I I, re- I like that's the that's the that's the main thing is you really just need to keep what's real at the forefront of your thoughts and educate yourself. Don't talk about when this is all over. Don't talk about, you know, sorry, I can't do the thing I normally do. Obviously, like go if you're uncomfortable, if you're worried about this, if you feel like I better just stay out of the way because I don't deserve to be a part of this. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Go to that link that I sent you. And there's there's reading even just for people to read about what the hell is up. You know, you can read, you can donate, you can sign petitions. There's always something you can do. And and if you're not getting involved and you're not doing it, you're not helping. Absolutely. And educating yourself should always be the first thing you do in any of these situations. Like because this this always comes up every single time there is any sort of like racial tension coming up is there's a shitload of people who suddenly purport themselves to be like scholars on the works of Dr. Martin Luther King. Like and none of them have no fucking clue what's going on. Like, it, it always happens every time. And I don't think these people have actually tried to educate themselves on what that man would have actually done and believed. So, like, maybe start there if you're not sure. See yeah. what you can do for that. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's really important. I Like, it, it, it's so easy to be ignorant, but that's, like, the whole point, right? 
like ignorance is bliss it's like not a good thing yeah <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's bad. but yeah it's uh i put the link up on uh on the stream uh on the screen uh it's uh black lives matters dot c-a-r-r-d dot c-o and really uh this is um the most comprehensive uh list of uh resources that i've seen so far uh i think that if if you're looking for a way to be an ally uh you will find it there absolutely and uh and to whatever degree that uh you know it 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 gives you so many options like it, it there's no excuse not to to help in some capacity just do, just do what you can you know just do what you can complacency doesn't help anyone yes you know even if you're just educating yourself for that moment later when you can step in when you're not so scared to leave your house and go get hurt or whatever you're worried about like mm-hmm. just whatever just take some action like you know if you if you pretend like you believe in this shit like take some action yeah <laughs> And also, don't be one of those assholes who goes on Twitter and talks to the descendants of Dr. King asserting that they know better than them. That's blowing my mind. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure your father would have done this. I think I know more than you do. I went to a public school in the United States. Let me tell you what your dad would actually think. God, fuck you. Christ. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Uh, as if 2020 couldn't be, couldn't get any crazier, you know, and, uh, it is, I, um, I am an optimist and, uh, I really think that, um, everything, you know, on the other side of, of all of this, of the pandemic, of everything, like this is shining a fucking blaring a blazing light on so many faults uh in our system and i truly truly hope that uh some real substantial change uh can be made in not just i mean obviously with the the systemic uh racism and and things like that but in addition to that the way that uh uh uh, poor people or or you know bar workers or or you know just minimum wage needs to come into question in this and and all that like we've seen the failures of you know the system in so many different ways over the past three months and it's insane. And I, I just really hope that we can actually learn a lot from what we've seen fail over these past few months and, and build it into a way that better serves everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we got to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, the future is coming anyway, so we might as well make it a good one, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, Brooks, we know you dearly, dearly look forward to the uh, the Star Trek future that you want so badly. So that would be a start. yeah. Not being shitty to each other, I think, is one of the important steps in making that come true. <laughs> Don't be Money is bullshit. Get addicted to the holodeck. <laughs> be a cowboy whenever you want. <laughs> it's working for me. Yeah. Um. So, uh, 
with um, all the things that that uh, you've been, I guess, uh, to go back, we've we've set our, our piece on on the things that that are going on. Uh, go to the link uh, that is is on the stream if uh, you are looking for ways to be an ally and and are wondering what you could do, or or if you're uh, feeling just a general sense of. Uh, uh, helplessness that I know a lot of my friends uh, probably have because it's all very overwhelming. Um, and that that link uh, has a lot of great resources there. So go to blacklivesmatters.carrd.co. Uh, uh, but we we've set our piece on that. Um, I want to uh, ask uh, you a couple of questions, uh, Alex. Uh, just in general, probably stuff that uh, I'm sure you've uh, talked about in the past. Uh, like your favorite color, <laughs> blue. Hey, <laughs> mine too. Actually honestly, <laughs> actually, honestly, like probably I say blue every time, but like I think it might be brown. <laughs> I, I think if I take a step out and really assess my surroundings, it might be brown. <laughs> brown. I don't know. No, um, I, I was uh, talking with a friend of mine today, and she asked me. Um, an interesting question that I struggled to uh, answer. And uh, so I pose it to all of you, actually. Um, what uh, what video game uh, kind of was your gateway drug? Into, like, into just like where you would uh, just, like, it, I mean, not necessarily the first game that you played, right? But like the mm-hmm. first game that really kind of sucked you into gaming to like me i mean i know the term gamer holds a lot of negative connotations but like the the point where where you would have considered yourself a gamer like what drew you in a gamer and not a gamer tm yes yeah i think i think the game that i first felt like while i was playing it that i was like i'm an adult like thinking about this while I'm playing this, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like, this is an adult experience that I'm enjoying was probably uh metal gear solid two. I think uh-huh. it, was the first time, it was the first time that I like really played a game that I was like engaging with on like a, like a, the same way that I engage with like Beowulf yeah. or something like <laughs> trying to, trying to break it down and look at the symbolism and think about it. And uh, that, that, like from that, point of view i would say probably metal gear solid 2 but from the point of view of like there goes my life uh <laughs> was probably like dynasty warriors somewhere yeah. in there oh, PS2, wow. one of those games where you can just play for like one million hours and like slowly change some values on a chart in between <laughs> sessions <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i think that like the first i think the first dynasty warriors is like a fighting game but whatever the first one is that's like what Dynasty Warriors is today? That mm-hmm. one, Muto. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was like two or three was like the one that like really was like, oh, the Yellow Turban Rebellion. Like, let's go. Like, I that that's a great. Those are, oh, those are good. Uh, oh yeah, especially the Empire's iterations where you can make your own abomination of a character and run around China <laughs> murdering everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then like super precise gameplay and like hardcore stuff. Probably Devil May Cry. Yeah. You know? Um, and like RPG vibes, probably Final Fantasy Nine, Final Fantasy Seven. I played Final Fantasy Seven, but I don't feel the same way about it that a lot of people do. Like I, I was already like I was playing it after having played other games, so it wasn't like going from Final Fantasy Six to Final Fantasy Seven sure. for me. So I, I, that's like how I feel about Hook. Like I, 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 it's a good movie. I just like watch it when I was twenty. So like, what do you want from me? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Oh. Go ahead, Brooks. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, uh, Chrono Trigger for me. That was. Oh yeah. So that was good. my first like. Oh shit! Uh, I'm gonna keep doing this forever. <laughs> yeah, so, my new game plus is still strong. <laughs> those are those are uh, yeah. I mean, I was a little bit too young to like be like super into like the 16-bit games to like approach them as an adult the first time i played them but like around ps2 time was when i really started to like i remember how i was then i i like remember my mindset i can't like get in my like 10 year old head but i can get in my like 15 year old head you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah the only reason i did i picked chrono trigger at all was uh i was getting ready to go on a senior trip i had just got a ds and i was in a GameStop, and this was when it i think like the it, it had just come out on the ds and they had one of those big cardboard signs and i was like oh wow that looks kind of cool and that looks like the guy that does dragon ball z that's like every time i stream dragon quest yep yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> did you know that actually uh <laughs> yeah and, and I, I, I uh, it's also the first RPG that I played because I, I wasn't allowed to play. I, I had like during the school year, I could play an hour a day, and so that's why that's when I got to like Mega Man and stuff because it's like I can get so much shit done in an hour as opposed to like I cleared three events of text and now I'm getting into the game and it's time for dinner. Yeah, wildness. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, how about you, Dan? Yeah, mine was definitely uh, Fire Emblem Seven for the Game Boy Advance. It was the I think it was the first uh, translation we actually got over here, and so much, oh, my so God. fucking good. Yeah, yeah. like and it, it was. I obviously I played a shitload of other games before that in my life, but that was definitely the one where I couldn't have seen myself caring about that game if I was any younger at the time. It's like all suddenly I'm like, oh, this game's like about numbers and being slower and thinking about what I'm doing, and then like all of a sudden like a switch flipped and I was engrossed in that game forever, and I've played like every Fire Emblem game that's come out ever since. That series is so rad. Aside from aside from Fates, no, Fates was bad. Um, I think Three Houses was actually pretty solid. It's a little too like. uh, (laughs) I, I I feel like the series has shifted too much into like appeasing. Like your stereotypical Western anime fan. It's just like, so much less of a focus on the fighting. Like I, I just can, I like the fighting. Let's have tea. Can we? Yeah, I mean, can we no, have I a tea party? I'm so stressed as I'm walking around that I'm like missing something or that I'm not doing something that I'm just like, what am I doing? I had to stop playing it. Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of like time wasting aspects that I don't enjoy, especially like again, like so much of that focus on wanting to throw dating sim aspects into the game. Like I don't give a shit about that, dude. <laughs> Awakenings was really good. Like they did a yes. perfect amount. Uh, but uh, that Final Fire Emblem Seven was like the first game that I ever played where I was like, that was the fucking tutorial. Are you serious? <laughs> 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 Holy shit! And then you, and then you. Uh, you play forever, and eventually you get to that good old Hector Hard mode, and you really realize what it's like to feel pain. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's real. Did you ever? Uh, you ever did you ever go back and uh, play like translated versions of any of the old ones, like six or anything? Um, I've never actually tried. Uh, I, I mean, like each one is like a hundred hour game, so it's like yeah. it's hard for me to go back and play. Like the I did, I've the translated games that I've gone back and done were like anything dragon quest like i've gone back and played dragon quest 3 on super nintendo and mm. 4 on super nintendo uh stuff like that but Did i've never see- i've never gone back and done it well if you, 
see that movie on Netflix? Oh, Mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I, I, I had a great time with it. Was it. I thought it was surprisingly fucking... really good. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, it's a perfect. It's a perfect adaptation of Dragon Quest Five until spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into what the spoiler is but if you want to like that might be the most mind-blowing movie i've seen this year that, that was crazy mm-hmm. that was fucking insanity unchained and they really yeah. like i feel like it snuck out of nowhere uh like just all of a sudden showed up on on netflix and it's like oh wait i, mean, I was like i mean i was the guy who was like eagerly awaiting that fucking thing to come out for like a oh year, yeah but that's just because uh, i'm like you know i didn't mention it but dragon quest 3 on game boy is another game that really like i used to have a bunch of japanese friends when i was young and uh because there's there's a big japanese community and they they spoke japanese and they'd bring the games over from japan and so when that one came out here everybody was like yeah and we'd like have parties where we just like our moms would get us pizza and we'd like stay up till 6 a.m playing dragon quest <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah that's hell awesome yeah, yeah. Well, all that said, if you do ever get the urge to go back and play like a translated Fire Emblem game, play six. Uh, there's you can just emulate it, and someone has a translation patch that's the joke yeah, to install. It's so it was, easy. I heard it was probably one of the best games in the series. Is number six? Yeah, and it's hard. Like seven, I feel like they toned down the difficulty, and maybe they dumbed it down for the American audience, like they used to do all the time. But six, uh, six will put you through the paces. It's it's rough. It's a hard game, but it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, and the hard modes on seven are fucking. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, what of you? What was your what was your game? You know, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it, and I feel like there have been you know a handful of like wow moments, uh, and uh, like one of those was the first time I played Resident Evil, like the first Resident Evil when that came out. Like mm. when you walk into that room and it cuts to the to the zombie like turning around, you look back on it now, it looks like fucking garbage, but at the time it was like, oh my god. This can, this is a game. This is something that's real that I like. Holy sh! No one had you know done anything like that to that point, and it just blew my mind. Um, that dog legit traumatized me. Yeah, Tell no us kidding, more about dude. The old days, grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, like, as for something that like kind of taught me that uh gaming could be more than just surface level uh is like final fantasy 7 uh mm. and it, i know it's kind of the stereotypical uh answer but like i didn't actually get into the 16-bit rpgs or anything like that leading up to 7 uh until way later in life um I, the first final fantasy i ever played was 7 and uh, i like i remember not having a memory card so i just had to leave the playstation on you know so i wouldn't lose progress right there yeah and uh it was like i never would have guessed that i that like a video game would make me make me cry like i I would never have guessed that and uh, uh it just really you know it showed me that these weren't just you know uh, jump on the on, on the thing or make your way to the end or or anything like that like you could tell a big engrossing tale in these in in this medium i don't think it's even possible for video games to have such an amazing like benchmark like how much like i i know it sounds crazy like to be like how much better can they possibly get yeah right to, to, under, to understand the full impact of final fantasy 7 like if you're like a gamer who's not into the rpgs 
the RPGs. You don't like them. <laughs> and you're like, what's and you're like, what's the deal with Final Fantasy? How could that be possible? Why don't you play Final Fantasy like two and play yeah. Final Fantasy three on Super Nintendo and then just play Final Fantasy seven and realize that that was the order that we got them. Like it was yeah, like, no kidding. This one. Here's this one. And then fuck you. Here's like a movie that lasts for 10 times as long as. Yeah. Wasn't there also like one other cursed Final Fantasy game we got that was like a baby's Final Fantasy game for the U.S. audience? Final Fantasy Adventure? That game is not bad. That was the four. What's it called? The four. uh, What the hell is that called? The the baby. Mystic Mystic Quest. Mystic Quest. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Mystic Quest. That was a Game Boy game, right? Or no, no, no. Mystic Quest wasn't. There was. But there was uh, a Game Boy uh, exclusive. uh, Final Fantasy Adventure is the Game Boy game. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mystic Quest. Mystic. Okay. So that's why I messed up. So Mystic Quest is called Final Fantasy Adventure. Okay. In Japan. And in Europe, it's called Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. And here we got a game called Final Fantasy Mystic Quest that is not Final Fantasy Adventure nor Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. <laughs> yeah. And the the, uh, the one we got was insanely insulting. <laughs> it was... It's not that bad. Like, if you you have to realize, like, we just didn't have this culture, right? Like, there wasn't mm-hmm. Dragon Quest. Like, when, when I was a kid, being the kid who played RPGs, even among gamers, was like being like the virgin you know what i mean <laughs> like like when i was like 12 years old like and i was the like chad doom player threw you in the dumpster <laughs> <laughs> the chad was playing on valve yeah steam <laughs> why don't you just oh, read a yeah. book nerd <laughs> yeah, I was reading the, the strategy guide. Don't answer the phone. I have to print off these pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we have gotten to the end of the episode, um, but uh, before that, uh, what we like to do is I'll usually uh, go over to the subreddit Ask Reddit and uh, pick a random Ask Reddit question for us to come up to an answer, uh, come up with an answer to, uh, for. Uh, so I've just been scrolling through this, and uh, the one I've decided on uh, this week is. Who would be a hilariously bad casting choice for a new James Bond? Oh. Hmm. Uh, And I almost want to say, like, not like emphasis on bad and not on hilarious, because I could be like Leslie Nielsen. And while that may be a bad casting choice, it would be pretty hilarious. Ricky's your Yeah, yeah, because obviously, like, oof. Ricky Gervais, because in the middle of any casino scene, he'll stop and point out everyone's privilege. (laughs) 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 Well, while also gambling with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. (laughs) You all need people terrible and you don't have a grip on reality. (laughs) Excuse me, I need to to be portrayed as uh, taking this supermodel into this car that I don't actually own. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think who's, I'm trying to think who's like, just really would be like a de- like a death sentence to the movies. I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to think like what would be, um, 
like it's but it's so easy to just be like kevin spacey yeah right I, like it's a terrible choice like honestly it would be probably the worst possible choice yeah is kevin spacey. Rock um and i know that he he isn't an actor but he is in, in media presence i would love to see alex jones as a spy yeah. <laughs> you see what bitch? I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> I mean, George Lazenby wasn't an actor, and he got to be James Bond. So you know, dude, he crushed it, dude. He, you know why? Because mm-hmm. he didn't oh, fuck. Yeah. How about Jake Paul? Oh Lord. <laughs> Tropical. <laughs> and then the the villain has to be his brother. Yeah. Ah, oh, Mr. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Except the bartender's like, uh, "What can what your drink order, sir?" And he's like, "I don't like martinis, so uh, let me get like some juice and like some hypnotic." Bro, <laughs> 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 just give me a whole bottle of Grey Goose. I got yeah. some malt to rain. <laughs> Dude, I brought some Grey Goose. I brought it with me. Is that chill? <laughs> uh, I prefer to drink my Grey Goose from home. Thank you. He, he strikes me as uh, like just casually. He strikes me as a Goldschlager drinker, like an, an unironic Goldschlager drinker. Oh, this it's got gold in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no big deal. I go to CVS. Sometimes I even get those digestible gold pills and put them in my bottle of Goldschlager and shake it the fuck up. Like, oh, <laughs> makes me feel really classy. Have you ever eaten? Have you ever eaten uh, gold? <laughs> have you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever go to fancy LA taps? Well, you go to you know you go to like the really fancy dinner and they give you like the dessert with like the little yeah the gold flake. I swear to God that I was shitting and I saw the gold in my poop, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like there it is, just a <laughs> nice clean spiral. It was the most. It was like yeah, it was like a Ben and Jerry's. It was like it was like. Uh, <laughs> It was it was probably the most decadent moment of my life. <laughs> like, you turned around and you was like, oh, I feel like a couple zeros just showed up in my bank account. <laughs> flushing gold down the toilet felt insane. I have to make a deposit. Yeah. In the poop bank. <laughs> time, time to increase the value of this. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, maybe um, uh, Vin Diesel. Yeah, thing, Vin Diesel would give it his all, though. That dude is a true right, nerd. but I don't think that it would work. You know what I mean? No, like it's no, it's not no, about not. like whether they'd try or not, or like give it their best shot. Like I feel like I, I, we may have already seen what that would look like in Triple X. Like <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. man, Ugh. what about Josh Gad? <laughs> another guy who would literally give it his all <laughs> yeah. the earnestness is hilarious who i, I mean, do not want to see yeah. <laughs> how about like modern day fat bam <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know, and all all the love to him. He's you know getting sober and stuff like that. And yeah, I, yeah, I know he's had a, a hard uh, ride of it, but that would be, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, I don't think I, I have any more. 
Yeah, you really fucking chose one of my weak points for this week's question. <laughs> Dan, Dan had seen like a film, maybe two. So uh, you know that uh, there are actors. Uh, yes, in, in I, I do. Okay. As a matter of fact. Okay. Um, uh, you might uh, recognize some. Uh, really? Really? Could you, Thank you. <laughs> uh, even if you can't think of any names, can you think of uh, anyone like that guy from X or that guy from Y or anything like that? I would be like, eh, maybe not fitting a, a James Bond thing. That guy from Kids well, no, Nightmares. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could think of things that are funny, but not actually. Like, it defeats the purpose of the question, right? Like, right. It would be stupid and it would be funny because they're bad, but not just bad that would kill the series. Yeah, I'm like, realizing. The first thing that comes to mind is like fucking Danny DeVito. Like Danny DeVito is James Bond. Would make oh me my lose god, my shit. I would love to but see like, that. But it would probably also kill the series, right? Because a lot of James Bond fans would lose their goddamn minds. <laughs> yeah. How about Jeremy Renner? <laughs> Jeremy Renner is yeah, like a good uh, bad. He's like yeah. a good. Like you could see him get cast as it possibly somehow, but he's like a terrible choice as like an accident. Yeah. Here's a good one that like wouldn't even be good. It would just be shitty. The guy who plays Dennis Reynolds and it's always sunny. He would absolutely fuck that role so bad. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. I, I think that's a solid pick. And I realized that that is a, yeah, yeah, Howard. Uh, that that is a difficult uh, uh, question because like everything th- that I could think out of place, I would still want to see because it That's would either be yeah. a hilarious yeah. train wreck or it would be, you know, like I would want to see how that w- went down. Yeah. Brendan Frazier. Oh, no. <laughs> I love Brendan Frazier, but he wouldn't be able to. Yeah, do that. I love no, Brendan Frazier, too. But, yeah, if it was yeah. The year 2000. He'd be perfect. Yes. Yeah, yes. Like other than that, he's not British. Like he would be perfect. <laughs> if, if, uh, yeah, yeah. The I real think... question is, who do you want to be James Bond after Daniel Craig? That's the real question that requires like the real deep thought. Dude, I'm super down for Idris Elba. Like I'm, I'm in it. I, I am too. He's very old. Uh, like to be James Bond. Like I know that there's been old James Bonds before. Like Roger Moore was like an old ass motherfucker. But, like, he was perfect 10 years ago as James Bond. He was, like, the perfect casting choice. But now he's almost 50. Oh, wow. I mean, how old is Daniel Craig, though? He might be, like, I might be, like, talking shit. Yeah, he's 52. That's one of those things, anyway. Like, does that even really matter anymore with the amount of, like, extra makeup work and if you really had to CGI to make that possible? Yeah, I mean, look, he he would be perfectly cast. He just strikes me as a little too old for the role now. I, I, I was so on board, and then it's been so long. <clears throat> that I'm like, well, but here's the thing. If they redo James Bond's vibe again, like if they brought in like Luther as James Bond, like that, yeah. Idris Elba, I would be into it. Yeah. Um, the next Bond will be Party Bond. Party <laughs> Bond. <laughs> Honestly, Party Bond. <laughs> I kind of want to see Ryan Reynolds play Bond. Like you mm. want like the young energy? Yeah, like that. And it, I mean, it's that cocksure delivery. Like he is always... Like, he's got a way of delivering a line where he is, you know, just extremely confident. And uh, I, 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 I could see it. Did you, did you see, uh, what's it called? Uh, that thing that was basically his audition, that, that was basically Tom Hiddleston's audition for uh, James Bond that he did with AMC? No. Uh, whatever it was. Uh, what the fuck is it called? It's called uh, The Night Manager. Huh. 
Oh, 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 oh. Um, I haven't seen it. I was actually looking at that like yesterday. I haven't actually watched it yet, but yeah, it's based on the same. It's this, it's a spy book by the same guy, uh, John LeCar, uh, who did the uh, what's it, that movie with a really long name, Tinker Taylor Soldier. Oh, yeah, spy. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's the same 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 guy doing the 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 spy stuff. He like wrote it, but it's Tom Hiddleston as like, you know, like a fucking. <laughs> and, yeah. and you wouldn't you wouldn't think that he would be a good choice, but he he kind of he kind of is a solid choice. Mm. Right on. Like he, he he can really like if you're looking for a British Ryan Reynolds type, right? Like yeah. you probably don't think of him that way because your only reference point for him is like his shitty, like Loki guy. Sure. Sure. Like, like character that he is. And I'm not saying he's shitty as Loki. I'm just saying like Loki is Loki not like, is shitty. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, like yeah. a shitty guy. Um, like I feel like he's there. He's that guy. He's kind of, he's kind of nerdy, uh, in a way, um, which I don't like so much about him. Like, I don't want him to be like a little like fancy boy necessarily, but, sure. like, <laughs> but like James Bond is kind of a fancy boy. Yeah, James Bond is a fancy boy. I'd say Timothy Oliphant myself. Oh yeah, another one. Timothy Oliphant do a James Bond. Yeah, S- that would be Bond. good. That would be real solid. <laughs> uh, I always, it's always weird to me. Like people want the female James Bond, and I'm like, I agree. I think yeah. that it would be cool to have a female James Bond, but I feel like making them James Bond is like the weird part. Like I think they're about to. I think this next movie is going to do it. I think this next movie is going to install someone else as 007. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be James Bond is going to be played like by like Jamie Bond, the woman. Yeah. Like, I think that's. The, I think I think that's the mistake. I think I I I think the mistake is like being like this character who's been a man this whole time is now a woman. Yeah, it can't think, be. It's gonna have to just be 007. Like lean on that. Yeah. Be- and that's fine because that's that's the agent code name. You're it's 007. You know, I want to see it. I want to see the like female energy of like a, a a super spy in the James Bond universe, like talking to M, talking to Q. I love that idea. I think yeah. it's a great idea. I like even if it was somebody like kind of out of the box, like people were talking about Helen Mirren at one point. Oh, and I was hell like, yeah. Yeah, because they also wanted her for. Uh, um, Before Jodie Whittaker took it, uh, Doctor oh, Who. Doctor Who. Yep. Yeah, like I would be so down to see like because we've already got like Salt, we've already got like uh, sure. all these other like spy women movies. It would be so great to see like a British one, absolutely that's, like, James Bond. Yeah, but the and second they go with something with uh, like Jamie Bond or Jane Bond, it's you're immediately yeah. just throwing it out the window. You're waste. You're like it's like almost sexist. Like you you shouldn't yeah. like make it like be like the man one, but like weird and lame like. Do it, do it from the ground up. Make it awesome. Like yeah. make it, make it cool. Like Furiosa is way better than a girl version of Mad Max. Right. You know what I mean? Like yep. she is Mad Maxine. Yeah, she, <laughs> is kind of, she is kind of a girl version of Mad Max, but she has a totally different life experience than Mad Max, and so she's like that female energy. Like that's so much better writing. Yeah, mm. absolutely. It's so much less token. You know what I mean? But my fan fiction character, Jamie Lee Bondus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's a great choice, honestly. Yeah. I, yeah. She could be, she could I be like a cool. Yeah. Well, Even like in this age. On that mm-hmm. note, we're going to end it there. Uh, uh, if you're watching live, stick around for the post show. Um, Alex, uh, why don't you let everyone know where, uh, where they can find you? Locate me on the line 
at Fatiani A on all social media channels where I have a social media channel. And you can find my podcasts on any podcast thing except for Stitcher. Uh, you can find uh, because I, it's, Stitcher's weird. Shaluminati uh, <laughs> podcast, the Star Wars New Canon Book Club. Um, boy, nonprofit, a great show I do with Satchel Drakes. That's uh, we're about to do season two soon. Um, it's a bunch of uh, a bunch of stuff you can watch around. Super Beer Brothers on YouTube, uh, Scary Game Squad on YouTube. I do a million different things. Buy my game Wonderling on the Switch eShop. Uh, I wrote that game. It's available now. Oh, just is came it? out like a month. Yeah, it just came out a month or two ago uh, on the eShop. Uh, check it out. It's a fun little game. I wrote every word of it. It's good. It's good vibes. Awesome. Well, thank oh, yeah. you so so much for being a guest uh, on the podcast, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll talk to you soon. Stick around for uh, the post show, and thank you everyone for watching and or listening. We'll see you next week. Ba-da-ba-da.